Okay, hello, Sack Kings Therapy, episode 33. With me today to actually come for the whole episode, probably, uh, Fong. Yes. Yeah, so last last episode, uh, it was basically you and me for the first 75% of the episode, and then the last part, I just had to record a solo because you, you were busy. So it's good, to, it's good to have you back. Oh, yes. Oh, actually didn't know you recorded that last part yeah well i just because it was kind of weird if i was going to post it on sunday when the game happened and like i don't you know it doesn't include get like that game that just happened so yeah that, that was that was just kind of weird it was game three by the way when jimmy butler went off so you know you had to talk about it so mm -hmm. anyways all right so since we are stacking therapy we'll actually start out by talking about the kings so not much else has happened other than we hired associate head coach Alvin Gentry from the Pelicans. Ooh. Your thoughts about that? I think it's a great pickup. And as I said, I thought, you know, he would take up another like kind of head coaching job since I thought he was a decent head coach himself. Maybe just a, some sort of reputation thing with him. It's just... I don't think he's that well known. I'm not sure. He doesn't seem to me like a very like popular name. Like you know, for example, mm -hmm. Doc. And yeah, uh, before that, they like Doc really wanted him on the uh, on his staff actually uh, in Philly. So it's kind of it's interesting that they you know picked out or that he ended up picking uh, the Kings. And you know, of course, that actually. You know, on King's Reddit, they were talking about, well, Gentry knows that Luke is going to get fired, so he wants the head coaching job, quote-unquote. So hopefully that is not the case. Um, they, Alvin Gentry and Luke Walton have a relationship, and I have heard this is – Luke wanted Gentry on his staff. And, you know, Monty might have liked him on the staff too, but, like, this was a Luke decision to have him on the staff. So they clearly know each other and have a relationship, and I assume they trust each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully that this is the case. And, you know, I, I like Alvin, too. Like, I thought what he did on the Pelicans was really nice. Like, he's actually been there for a long time. And I think he's been just kind of snake-bitten by awful front office decisions, like, in terms of who they signed. Like, don't forget, he was the coach when they swept uh, Portland in, I think, 2017. And, yeah, that was an amazing you know, series, and they just ultimately couldn't beat the Warriors, which, you know, the best team of all time, so you know, nothing to be ashamed of there. But, you know, like, I think he's a good good head coach, and I think last year, especially with the Zion situation, and, you know, just how everyone was injured, like, throughout the year, they really started to pick it back up towards the end of the year, before the shutdown, and, you know, he, he found ways to utilize Zion, so I hopefully he maybe just replaces Zion with, you know, the Marvin and the Bagley. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh... I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, you can kind of, like, run his kind of... Or you can instill some system of offense that basically just... You know, because what they did with Zion is that they had him come around pin downs and just attack the basket. Mm -hmm. And I imagine Marvin can do... You know, he can attack the basket is kind of one of his skills. Yeah. Uh, and... Well... We'll have to see. I'm kind of wondering what the next head coach will be for the Pelicans if they haven't mentioned anything yet. It's got to be Mike D'Antoni, right? At this point. Let's see, who else is there? I guess Tyloo, if you want. 
Yeah, that'd be interesting too. Um, yeah, I don't know who else would. I, there's again, I'm not that adept or not that in, entwined with all the head coaches that are available right now. I mean, you know, Kenny Atkinson maybe like that. That's another name. Uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So I mean, like that's a really good job because that's a lot of talent on on there, and you know, you have the Zion. So. And it's going to be really unfair for whoever replaces because, like, they're probably going to be really good. And then people are going to say, well, Alvin Gentry must have really screwed up that roster. When in reality, they were injured all the time. <laughs> like, and Zion didn't play yeah. like half the season. So. Pretty much. Yeah, it's going to be really unfortunate for Alvin Gentry, but we'll love you here in, you know, uh, in Sacramento. And chances are, if you do end up replacing Luke, we'll love you like a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm not calling for it. I like I like Luke for the most part, and I hope they can work together and just, you know, Luke kind of Luke's offense was pretty, you know, iffy to say the least for most of the year, and you know, hopefully Gentry can solve some of those issues. Yeah, hopefully we could, you know, get a balance of good offense and good defense from both coaches. Kind of like how football. Yeah, yeah, like an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, which is kind of how it works, anyways. It's just we as fans don't really see that. We think the head coach does everything, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll we'll see how this turns out. And you know, I will say, you know, Alvin Gentry's offense was really nice. Igor Kokoshkos was actually regarded as a very good offensive coach at the time too, and you know, last year it didn't really work out that well. So I don't know how much Alvin Gentry is going to like assist. Although I am very optimistic that he will kind of, you know, fix up some of the offensive issues that we had because we were very inconsistent on that end. Oh, yeah. But then again, we, we also had injuries. So, yeah. So, like, again, that's the main thing about, like, why I don't want to fire Luke. And I think it's unfair because most, you know, Marvin Bagley was basically out the entire year. And Fox was out for stretches, and you know Bogey was also out, and I actually forgot about that. So, yeah, like a fu- a fully healthy roster, and you know, a you know much more refined offensive and defensive system. Hopefully, you know, good things are on the horizon. But I don't even know if that's going to be enough to make the playoffs because damn, the West that got tough, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah then so we shall see what the kings do hopefully we can make the playoffs because we got some tough guys you know mm-hmm. fox isn't gonna lay down hopefully marvin we don't know yet but i imagine he's pissed that he's been injured and he's been hearing all these people about luca so we shall see oh yeah we shall see hopefully we make some moves too with buddy but i'm looking forward to this i guess refined system <laughs> And, you know, I sent you a, a pretty interesting trade from Indiana. Now, I've always said, well, not always said, but I definitely floated the idea out there, you know, buddy for Miles Turner. But someone got to actually, you know, go, you know, go even bigger. Someone, someone posted on Twitter saying that we should trade Buddy and Belly for Victor Oladipo, or, and the 12th pick, by the way, uh, for Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. How's that? Now, what do you think about that? Seems a little far-fetched, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think we're getting those two, but you yeah, know, I mean, we, you know, again, Monty is, you know, at least from his reputation in Houston, is a very creative mind. So, 
Let's see what he concocts. Mm-hmm. Maybe we even get Indiana's pick in twenties, and we shall see what we can get with that as well. And you know, whatever, you know, it's a very, it's a lot of unknowns. We're we're heading into the unknown right now, and we shall see what Monty can make out of this. Yeah. So, would you rather have the pick or trade it out? In your opinion. Hmm. I mean, if honestly, I would actually keep the pick, mm-hmm. and you know, just because I because we're not a guy away unless you're talking about a Kawhi Leonard or like you know a Paul George even. Mm-hmm. Like we're not one guy away. So like trading that pick right, you know, for a guy, like say uh, for example, a Kelly Oubre. I don't think that's a big enough difference, honestly. Like I, I love Kelly Oubre. But like, I don't think he'll like, you know, lead us to the playoffs. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's you know just go for someone who, I guess, go for a mixture of who fits in the most and you know talent. I guess like That's a guy it. like Sadiq Bay who you know projected to have a low ceiling, maybe go someone a little bit more ambitious. Mm. Like again, a Jaden McDaniel's of types, but you know we'll see if that ends up working out. We shall see. Okay, well, that's going to be... That's all we have for the Kings. Uh, there's also other NBA stuff going on. The finals! Oh, I didn't know. Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Game 4 and Game 5 have happened, and we'll just kind of go through some stuff. Some notes I took. Uh, so, in Game 4, uh, my first note is that G- KCP was really good. Like, he... he the, all I saw on Twitter the whole entire time... In game four and game five, because KCP was really good at game five too, and was how everyone shitted on him mercilessly in the beginning of the year. It's Lakers fans in particular. Yeah. Called him yeah. trash, <laughs> called him called him all kinds of names. And people are just <laughs> digging up old tweets from Lakers fans and re- retweeting them because guess what? Late they realize KCB is really good and are, are now just praising him to no end. Yeah, to be honest. I don't watch too many Lakers games, but I I thought KCP wasn't too great on the team myself in the beginning of the season. And seeing what he has been doing in the finals games lately, I shoot. <laughs> Keep on going at it. I mean, KC MVP is a real thing. I mean, he's not going to win it. There's no way he wins it over LeBron, but like, KC MVP. Like, there, there's a conversation to be had there. Can you imagine and if he somehow wins it over LeBron? He's not going to win it over LeBron. This is no fucking way. No, somehow, There's no reality that that would ever happen. He's, he somehow comes back from a 30-point deficit by shooting 33. Or, no, he's uh, going to have to do that to even have, like a, have even like a ballot in there. Yeah. From anyone. But no, but no, he was really good. Like, down the stretch, like he hit, he hit basically like that corner three that essentially kind of ended the game, and then he had the layup on Duncan Robinson when uh, the shot clock was winding down to basically to completely officially end the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all the credit in the world to KCP. And ironically, KCP's first good game for the Lakers this year was against the Kings. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think I remember that. Yeah, Jason Jones always likes to talk about it uh, on his podcast. <laughs> Everyone was getting ready to execute him basically before <laughs> the Kings game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the credit in the word KCP. He's been good, and like his defense 
is amazing on Duncan Robinson, although in game five it was pretty terrible for stretches. But like mm-hmm. the fact that he's like just stuck to basically stuck to him like glue, uh, Duncan Robinson like glue has really limited him for the most part and kind of it's kind of what really screwed him up in the first few games. I mean, these past few games he's been better. But like KCP has been so good at just, you know, getting it, getting all up in his face and just, you know, contesting shots. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's been good on both ends. That's big for them. Yeah. Another person that I wish kind of stepped up was a uh, Tower Hero in, in some ways, because I don't know. I haven't seen much from him like he has been doing like this playoffs or his or Miami's playoff series. And, you know, you say that, and he still has the audacity to snarl at the camera like he's done some shit. And he has. And he has. He, yeah, I think he's been yeah. okay. I think he's been okay. It's just, he's missing open shots, and that's kind of big, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not the ball. He's not the one that, you know, dominated Boston, basically. And, yeah. you know, I really hope he comes out soon, because they're going to need it. And... You know, like Jimmy, as amazing as he's, as he's been, I don't think he can keep this up for another two games. Tyler Hero's going to have to step up. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess threes in general, I should be saying, is not going in. Yeah, he's got to figure out how to, you know, m- you know, remember how to you know, start making threes again. Although he did hit a few crucial ones. He does hit crucial, uh, yeah. important ones. But, you know, like he does, like... If he just made like the regular open ones, they wouldn't be in the hole that they're in. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. they did did win Game Five. Spoilers, but like you know, if he made if he made more of his threes, this, this series would be a lot different. But uh, going back to Game Four, uh, yeah, he couldn't secure a few rebounds during crunch time, and it kind of killed them. And the big adjustment in Game Four was AD on Jimmy, and if he basically—I don't want to say he shut down Jimmy. But, like, Jimmy's just stopped scoring, like, very well. Like, mm-hmm. he scored only a few points, I think, in, in the second half because, you know, AD's just so long that mm-hmm. he can contest his jumper. And at any time he tried to attack AD, you know, his arms are so long that he can just block him or contest it. It's, you know, AD is just so crazy versatile. And it's really, you know, it really is unfair to have him and LeBron on the same team because guess what? LeBron can also guard Jimmy a bit. And yeah, and basically that was the big adjustment in game four. Uh, him him guarding AD or him AD guarding Jimmy and basically just completely kind of really slowing him down. I see, yeah. With, I mean, without Bam switching off, then who else is he going to guard? And he also like kind of shut down Bam too, because Bam can't really shoot. I, I thought he was a better shooter, but he's not a really. Mm-hmm. He really can't. And guess what? AD again has very long arms and can just absolutely you know pack his shot at any moment. And the fact that Jimmy doesn't shoot threes all that much, like yeah, he's basically AD just goes underneath screens and gives him a cushion and then just meets him at the rim each time, mm-hmm. basically. So. Yeah, so we'll, you know, they did kind of figure it out in game five, but, you know, that is going to be a big adjustment if AD cannot play in game six because Anthony Davis is really the only guy that can really guard Jimmy at this point because Marquis Morris, I don't know how you're you're bigger than Jimmy Butler. You're getting bullied by him. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. Now, for game 
six, who you think is going to be, uh, whatchamacallit, helping Jimmy out? It's got to be Tyler Hero, right? Yeah, I'm hoping Tyler scores. Although, although some people are comparing Duncan Robinson to Clay Thompson. Oh, no. And another Clay? And guess what? What's Clay very, very well known for? Game six Clay. Oh, <laughs> maybe maybe oh. there's a game six Duncan in there. Oh, or a game six hero. Yeah, well, you know, like, so you know, I I don't know if it's got to be one of those guys because I don't think Jimmy can do this for another two games. It's just too much on his body. And mind you, I think I I forgot the exact stat, but like he oh, oh since game one, he's only rested a total of about ten minutes or ten to fourteen minutes or something. Yeah, he's he's tired. Yeah, not only does he have to carry the offense on the defensive end, he's constantly guarding LeBron or AD. Mm-hmm. This man does not rest, and it's it's wearing on his body. And I I don't I just, again I just don't think he can do this for another two games. I think he has one more in him, but he's gonna need someone else to step up. Yeah, to be honest, if the Finals MVP was not for the winner of the uh, finals. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, like the other team, the finals MVPs on the other, on the losing team. Yeah. But I would, I would give it to Jimmy. I mean, he, he's trying so hard to carry this team. I, I understand LeBron has done a lot to carry for the Lakers, but looking at Jimmy, like, wow, his stats are ridiculous. The way he's uh, guarding the Lakers team, it's ridiculous. And how he's scoring over these Lakers is ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. And I would agree with you, except 2015 did happen. And, you know, that was a You know, LeBron averaged almost 40-point triple-double the entire series. Mm-hmm. Almost. And he still didn't win it. So I don't I don't think it'll happen. And you know you have LeBron this time up you know on the winning team. If you know they end up winning the finals and the and he's probably getting the finals MVP. So you know I don't think he's going to win over LeBron no matter what. Maybe if he maybe if like say they get to a game seven and say LeBron somehow lays an egg and somehow the Lakers win, that's the only way I can see Jimmy like getting the finals MVP. I see. But uh, let's move on to game five. Um, t- again, just some random observations. I'm not recapping the whole game. Uh, I I made a note. Jim- Jay Crowder is the third best shooter somehow on the Heat. After being kind of the guy that I was even saying in the Buck series that is going to be left open for threes because we know he can't shoot threes. But he's become basically the third most deadly shooter on the floor for me on the Heat anyway. Mm-hmm. What are, what are your thoughts about that? I remember you saying that you thought he was trash. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't remember him shooting too many threes in the past. To be honest, I mean, I remember him as a what you call a uh, team jumper. What, what what do they call it? A journeyman. A journey. Yeah, he basically his role has always been kind of that tough defender. Who's like yeah. really? Who's always on these really good teams? And like you know, you put him on like the the 
uh, guy's best perimeter defender. And then he tries to start shit with people. But, like, the, there's always just kind of a myth with him that he can also shoot threes. But that's never really been a thing. Yeah. Even though he has that reputation. But in this, but in the bubble, he's been hitting threes. Which is nice. Very nice. And to be honest, I don't know who the third best shooter is in the heat. I'm thinking Jimmy. Maybe Kendrick Nunn, if he, you know, get, gets his, like, yeah, plays <laughs> yeah. more. But, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't really like it when Kendrick Nunn is on the floor. <laughs> just something about him. It just feels like he's hurting the team somehow, even though even when he's you know hitting step back threes. He had a huge step back three uh, yeah, in the fourth. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna guess defense is a problem. That's my guess. I don't yeah, know. Well he's small and you know he is a rookie. So yeah. yeah, that's why he doesn't play much. But um yeah, so yeah, Jay Crowder, you know, all the credit in the world to him. He's proven every um, at least me wrong. I thought he I thought he couldn't shoot, but he's been shooting and he is very dangerous out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping he shoots a lot more in game six. I'm gonna say hopefully at least five. Five five from each. Five for Jay, five for Robinson, five for Hero. Five makes or five at least. Five. That's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. So no, not <laughs> not, all, not from all of them. Maybe one of them. Like we'll get like you know more than five, and then the other one will probably get like three. Yeah. But like no, no, they're not all hitting five. If they're hitting five, it's like a twenty point blowout. <laughs> you never know. Maybe the Lakers uh, hit some threes for once too. But yeah, because they're getting open looks too, and that's the thing with this series. It really just. Basic both teams are packing the paint and giving up open threes, and so far both teams have more or less just been average at hitting open threes, and that's you know kind of the series. And Lakers have hit more, and that's mm-hmm. why they're in the lead. Um, next note I have is that there was a really weird LeBron charge call in the fourth. The Lakers even challenged it and still lost it, but I actually thought it was a block on Robinson, and it yeah. was pretty crucial because it was an add one. Yeah, I I think I remember the charge. He planted his feet, right? He definitely did plant his feet, but like he kind of slid. It felt like he didn't get it there in time to me. Yeah. But like I don't know how the charge rule works, but one of the things is that that I always look for is the person going in the same direction as the offensive player. Now, on that specific play, he's kind of going sideways a little bit. So that's kind of why I thought it was a blocking foul and one for LeBron. Mm-hmm. But apparently the ref said it was a charge. And granted, like LeBron laid his shoulder into into Robinson and Robinson basically flew backwards. So like that's probably why it's a charge, but I don't know. It's a charge rule is just weird. Yeah. Well, whatever the refs say, it's right, I guess. But yeah, I thought I thought it was a blocking foul. <laughs> Yeah, and that was crucial. That basically, that arguably could have turned the game, you mm-hmm. know. So, and you know, next note: LeBron versus Jimmy in the crunch in the clutch. It was an amazing back and forth. I think for a good almost eight possessions, it was just LeBron, Jimmy, LeBron, Jimmy, LeBron, yeah. Jimmy, and then and, Danny Green. <laughs> well, he would he didn't end up on there because he didn't make it. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was an amazing duel. It was, it was probably the most intense game I've ever seen. Yeah, especially that 
quite specific back and forth. That was, I was like waiting to see is the Lakers actually going to win the finals or is Miami actually going to make a uh, game six out of this? And the answer is uh, Miami did make a game six out of this because <laughs> on the final possession, this has been controversial. Uh, LeBron drives on Jimmy, basically runs into a pack of people and throws it back out to a wide open Danny Green at the top of the key. And basically he just breaks it. Yeah. Was it the right play? It's probably the the best play you could think of. Yeah, I hate the people who just say like, well, you should have shot that. Motherfucker, there's three people on him. What are you talking about? He just shot it. And honestly, if he had shot it, Jimmy would have blocked it. What the fuck are we talking about? You fucking idiots. Yeah. Like, sure, you, you want LeBron taking the final shot. Not on three guys. I'm sorry. Like, that's not, like they just don't get basketball. And of course, some people brought up Kobe would have taken that shot. And I'm sorry if this offends you. Kobe would have missed that shot probably. Because, again, there's three fucking people in front of him. Sure. Sure, he may want over Phoenix, but, like, that was a low percentage shot. To be honest, if LeBron made that shot and it went in, I just... I shut the fuck up. I shut the fuck up. Yeah, you pat him on the butt. Shake his hand, pat him on the butt. Give him his ring. (laughs) Give him his ring. Sure, but like he made the right play, and it's one of those things with LeBron that people just keep criticizing him about when he makes the right play and doesn't take an immensely tough shot. But that he, you know, he trusted Danny Green, and Danny Green didn't deliver. Mm-hmm. That was basically it. It was the right play, and you know the shot just didn't go in. But okay. then there, there was also another part of this. Uh, Marky Morris actually gets the rebound. Everyone uh, on the court is open. <laughs> someone, tw- someone tweeted out a screenshot of when Marcus Moore gets the ball. Literally everyone except, although AD is actually open. He's actually like, he pinned uh, Bam behind him. Yeah. And like, honestly, had he just bounced it to him, that probably is a bucket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, he throws a lob to the right, <laughs> even though Anthony Davis is on the left, on the left block, like a fucking moron, and just yeah. throws that out of bounds. I, I get it. It's a high-pressure moment. You're, what the fuck, <laughs> Marquise? LeBron is open on the right side, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three. So, like, that's what I've been seeing. And, oh, I, 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 I love the Morris twins. Oh, they're so trash. To be honest, that that would have been a W if he actually uh, got it to someone. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if LeBron hits it. He probably does, but like at the same time, you never know. And it's just like, why do people keep like, why do why do the Morris twins seem to get roles on teams they have no like business getting roles on? I I, I don't know. It's just I've always feel like these both of them are pretty overrated. And it just kind of bottles my mind that he was actually in the game. Honestly. Yeah. Well, he's the player and we're not. Yeah. I mean, of course, he whipped my ass in, you know, real life and in basketball. So we might have talked. But, yeah, you know, it happens. You know, just threw it out of bounds. And that was basically the game. Uh, All the credit in the world to Jimmy. Jimmy has been absolutely amazing. This Heat team has... has you know, no quitting them. 
and hopefully they win game six and hopefully they win game seven because I'm rooting because I'm rooting for them and I'm rooting against the Lakers. We shall see. Although I will say, even if they win game six, you're going up against game seven LeBron. Yeah. So that I cannot bet against game seven LeBron. Mm-hmm. But I will still bet for the Heat to win somehow. Yeah, I I just want to see game seven or uh, game seven from these guys. Yeah, and I and I have and I will actually try and stick with this. If the Heat win Game Seven, what I, I've been telling you this whole time to follow your heart, you refuse <laughs> to, and you always pick and you always pick the, the the favorites, the the vanilla pick. Let's just say, if if the Heat win Game Seven, I'm gonna get a tattoo. Of follow, follow your heart on my on my arm if they win game seven. Put that on tape. That's on tape now. Unless I decide to edit it out for some reason. But you know, if they win game seven, I'm getting that tattoo. This will be edited out probably. In the we future. shall see. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> we shall see. I mean, maybe in a maybe I'll actually like, you know, come to my senses about this. But I'm I'm willing I'm willing to put in dedication to that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we have uh, for this episode. You have any closing thoughts? Nope. But yeah, hopefully we'll see a game seven, and hopefully more Kings news. Yeah, because uh, we're really kind of stretching thin on K- Kings news, and the, you know the finals are going to be over by the time of the next episode. So hopefully, you know something happens. Yeah, because I'm I'm kind of <laughs> we're really running dry. Yeah, well, well, we do have the draft. The Fable draft episode is coming. I just remembered. Wasn't there a freaking uh, WWE draft? Uh, um, yeah, there was. It was. I, I don't know what to say about it. It's just like there's just like there like the problem with WWE is that it is like so many things change on the day that like long term stories just get like you know thrown to the side a lot, and that's kind of what happened a lot in the draft. I felt. I see. I don't know. We'll talk about it more in depth if we ever do do an episode about it. But yeah, like you know, WWE is a it's a bit of a mess, even though it has a lot of good parts to it. Is the thing, mm-hmm. which is always kind of it's somewhat frustrating because like there's so much talent, there's like these bright spots that are so great, but mm-hmm. overall the product is pretty trash for the most part, and the foundation is crumbling. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yep, that's kind of my closing thought on that. Um, so yeah, we'll come back to you uh, next week, or maybe just right after the finals, uh, after Game Six or Game Seven. And yeah, we'll just we'll see you guys on the next episode. Hopefully, we do have more topics to talk about. Maybe we are talking about the WD. Maybe we are talking about the draft. Maybe we're talking about the tattoo, possibly. Or yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. It's just that the Kings news right now is yeah, bland. You know, trades can happen after after the NBA Finals. Yeah. All right. We'll get you guys on the next episode then. Ho- again, hopefully, there are news. Yep. Yeah. See you guys later.